Hello, Millennium Live listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the Millennium Live sponsorship podcast series. I've talked a lot about cybersecurity and healthcare and, and marketing recently, and it's great to change things up and have an episode where we can have our CHRO members and benefits leadership audience tune in to this one. It's going to be a great, great episode. And we're going to be talking a lot about financial wellness, financial well-being in the workplace. And we have a great company to talk all about this with. Charles Latimer, he's the Chief Innovation and Growth Officer at FinFit, which has grown to be one of the nation's largest financial wellness benefits servicing over 185,000 clients and providing self-directed online experience that lets employees measure their financial well-being and provides fun educational resources and tools to increase their financial knowledge and drive results. So really exciting that Charles here. Charles, welcome to the podcast. It's it's great to have you on. Thank you so much for hosting me today. I'm excited for the conversation. Of course. So let's let's jump right into it. I want to I want to get your opinion and your and your knowledge share on a variety of topics and and generally we'll let's start with this financial wellness and finfit because I want to talk about the great work that's going on there too. And how do you how do you define financial wellness? And and really what is it? And what is being um financially well and and how does finfit play into the financial wellness and and overall why is it pivotal for today's workforce? Sure. For us, financial wellness is when an individual or a family, they can first they can cover their expenses. I mean, for two-thirds of the workforce living paycheck to paycheck, that's a challenge. Uh, you also need to be able to live in a safe environment with reliable transportation, have to have some short-term savings so you can cover those unexpected expenses. You know, especially if you lose employment and also have to have the ability to build long term savings for retirement. And then also, I, I, I personally believe being financially well is also having the, the time and the money and the resources to be able to enjoy life a little bit, be able to spend the time with those folks that you, you, you love and appreciate, and also to be able to you know, have a sense of purpose in your life. Now, the combination of all of that, if, if you lack those things, it creates a lot of stress, creates a lot of stress in one's life. So if you can actually have a financially well life, a financially healthy life, you're going to be more productive at work and you're going to live an overall healthier life. And at FinFit, that's what we strive to do. You brought up a really good point about two thirds of the workforce living paycheck to paycheck. That is going to create financial stress. So I, I want to talk a little bit about financial stress and its impact it's having in the workforce from FinFit's observations, how does financial stress impact overall the employee well-being and and productivity and engagement? I I, I would assume if you're financially healthy that you're going to be uh, successful at work while you might be uh, not doing your your best if those stressors are a factor. No, that's right. Financial stress is the number one contributor to turnover. As you can imagine, financial or material stability impacts a lot of things in our lives. It impacts our housing security, our transportation security, our access to nutritious food. So all these things are combined. So if you are financially stressed out, you're going to have some negative things happening in your life. One, you're going to be more, like I said, more susceptible to turnover in your job. 
you're more likely to have absenteeism and presenteeism being a challenge, but also there are health issues that come along with that as well. You're more likely to have a safety incident at work and actually have to lead on workers' compensation. You're going to have higher cases of things like diabetes and smoking. So financial stress can really, really wreak havoc on an individual's life. But when you look at that as an overall workforce, you know, when and, and you're, you're managing 1,000, 5,000, 10,000, maybe 100,000 individuals, the, the impact of financial stress, if, the, if, if that's not managed and, and addressed, it can be profound. I want to dive into that a little bit because this idea of being employed should mean in in theory that oh, okay you have a job you're you're doing okay but not when you're living paycheck to paycheck and there's bills to pay and and obviously those those stressors can still have a big factor in in one's workday so can you shed a little bit of light on why it's important to differentiate between just having an income and that genuine financial health that we're talking about and how does it shape into finfit's approach to its financial solutions that it offers you know, one of the first conversations I, I, I need to have with either a chief human resource officer or a CFO or a CEO is the idea of decoupling income from financial health, because those are two different things. If you could imagine half of all millennials that make more than $100,000 a year live paycheck to paycheck, that is a staggering number. But also, on the other end of the spectrum, one in five boomers who make more than $250,000 a year are living paycheck to paycheck and they're right on the they're right on the, the the immediate horizon of going into retirement one of the things that that we have to do when we begin building financial wellness programs for for companies is to realize we don't know just because of income who is struggling and who isn't, and, and and so that 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 becomes a fundamental baseline by which we begin looking at all employed populations. We we actually have a financial health assessment that 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 we give to all employees that that allow us to understand one how stressed are they, how prepared are they across things like their spending, planning, borrowing, and saving, and so what once we have that mapped out, we can then begin to decouple the idea from income and financial health. I want to talk a little bit about unfairly banked and maybe some solutions around there. How is how is FinFit addressing the challenges faced by the unfairly banked? And are there specific initiatives or perhaps partnerships that you you're exploring to alleviate the challenges that 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 encounters? Well, for first things first, I mean you, you cannot educate yourself or sort of pull yourself up by the bootstraps if, if you do not have a living wage. That, that's the sort of first thing to kind of put on the table. I mean, having a living wage is, is just the absolute prerequisite to financial health. And, and that's a large, complicated problem. Uh, historically, we, we've then discussed those who are unbanked or underbanked but actually, what we found is equally challenging is what we call unfairly banked. And those folks who are unfairly banked, they, they probably have less than a 625 credit score. They, they are actually, they're, they're faced with very high bank fees, interest fees. 
if they're going out and, and they're going to uh, rent an apartment or a home, they're going to find actually the deposits are going to be significantly higher. Deposits on utilities are higher. So it, all of a sudden you get caught in this in this strange gap where may, maybe you, you're actually on paper having pretty decent income, but because of maybe some credit problems and some financial challenges in the past, you get caught in this gap where it's very, very difficult to, to swim out of. When we talk about unfairly banked, we're talking about those folks who have a banking environment that is so challenging, it's very difficult for them to ladder up from a financial health perspective. You bring up a really good point, Charles, because uh, the fact that you know you could you could be financially okay as of right now, but perhaps your past could really affect the present and the future of of your banking uh, situation. I think you brought up a really good point about credit i think especially i any generation has there's been problems with you know people who really have a little hard time handling a credit card and spending perhaps more than they um than they make so these could really lead to these pitfalls that we're kind of talking about now so let's bring in fitfit how is finfit offering more sustainable solutions and more employee friendly banking credit solutions just a quick backdrop on, on, on the sort of banking side of the equation. You, you know, if, if you find yourself uh, having a difficult time accessing credit to manage unexpected expenses, one tool that, that a lot of Americans use are overdrafting their, their bank account. A lot of people don't know, but that is incredibly expensive to do. So, for example, it, you know, I, I think the average is something like 100 bucks overdraft a few days be before you're actually income hits your uh, bank account again. I mean, that's well over. A, if, if you actually managed, you looked at that as an APR, that's over a thousand percent interest. You know, so if you get into a an habitual state where you're leaning on overdraft fees, and we, we see this in the data all the time where you got 20 or 30 overdraft events every year, I mean, you are getting caught in an undertow that is very, very difficult to get out of. So one of the things that FinFit does, number one, is we provide a, a banking solution that's connected to your payroll that comes with zero fees. So you have no overdraft fees or no minimum balance fees. Minimum balance fees are one of those things that kind of like blow my mind. I can't imagine, you know, somebody has a hundred bucks in their checking account and the bank says well not quite enough money so we're going to take 12 or 15 more bucks out of that because because you don't actually have enough money to sort of you know it's one of those one of those fees that kind of you know make my hair stand on end and and if, if you actually saw my hair there's not a lot there but but it makes it stand on end for sure it's it's funny. You what about these um, unexpected financial emergencies? And if if there's uh, a significant percentage of Americans that are unprepared for such an event, this affects the workforce because if you're going to work every day and you realize that you don't have enough money in the bank, perhaps something happens where you need to go to the hospital or or a loved one needs uh, needs needs money or anything. What strategies and educational initiatives um, you know, is FinFit employing to really promote emergency savings and having that fund available when you need it? Folks that end up leading on things like literally that 
now I, I saw when I went to the doctor the other day just for you know checkup. I saw literally a, a credit card application stack sitting 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 by the check-in window. <laughs> I mean, so so literally credit cards are so are, are everywhere. And one of the things where you can really get in trouble with credit cards that you you pay a minimum balance and that thing goes on for forever. So one of the things at FinFit, let, let's say. You you need help with a short-term expense. We, we're going to be there to help you with that short-term emergency expense. But but there's always a, a, an off-ramp. That, that always comes with coaching. It always comes with the ability to start a savings behavior. We reward those behaviors. We have educational courses. You know, at FinFit, we, we believe that the bottom two-thirds of the workforce have historically not been served. So and so they they have there's actually very little access to affordable credit when it's needed and when it is needed you just want to make sure that you know six months from now or a year from now when when you need another set of tires on another car you're going to actually have the resources to do that on your own. I want to bring up this collaboration because it feels like FinFit has a lot of great tools that could be very useful to employers and to really benefit their employees. So how can uh, some organizations out there uh, more actively support financial wellness for their employees? Because I'm sh- without a doubt, as we've talked about, it's going to benefit them. It's gonna it's gonna keep retention high. What opportunities exist between employers and platforms like FinFit that um have these tools available for employees to use? I would say first things first is recognizing that the financial services industry was built for those folks who had extra money at the end of the month and that two-thirds of their workforce are living paycheck to paycheck mm-hmm. and they have unique needs. And so a lot of times when I talk to chief human resources officers or CFOs or CEOs, the, the perspective is, wow, through our record keeper, we've got courses and calculators and coaching. So we, we're kind of covering all of that. Well, actually, all those courses, calculators and coaching are geared towards the financially healthy, those folks who actually have extra income at the end of the month. So it really is about designing a program that serves the underserved. Now, there are a few things that you can do there that I've mentioned before. I'd say three things. One is you have to have a banking environment with no damaging fees associated with it that's connected to payroll. That, that, that That's just kind of a getting out of the gate. One, you're going to want to make sure the bottom two-thirds of the workforce has access to affordable and responsible credit so that they do not get caught up in payday loans or the habitual use of early wage access. Early wage access can can be a can be a, a very useful tool. We have an early wage access product, but we really really ensure that our members do not habitually use it because all of a sudden you get into a very very negative relationship with your own paycheck. And then finally, you need to make sure it's impulse easy to save for emergencies. So one of the things that I would say is, you know, for the bottom two thirds of the workforce from a financial health perspective, those folks who are either financially vulnerable or coping, you got to be able to make sure that when an emergency expense hits, you're there for them. 
but you're also building systems and motivating behaviors that, that are going to ensure that 12, 18, 24 months down the road, that they can cover those expenses on their own. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about, you know, this sort of the mindset of financial wellness and and in that place. But um, just just curious, Charles, as chief innovation and growth officer, um, it'd be great to to hear some of the highlights and some of the innovative strategies that that FinFit has introduced to sort of tackle these challenges and champion financial wellness. I would say I would cite two things. I mean, one, you know, four years ago when I started at at FinFit, the entire industry looked at at, at credit solutions and savings as being just two separate things. One of the things that we've done is we've conceptually hardwired those. So that when when somebody needs access, and when you're looking at the bottom two thirds of the workforce, it's almost a hundred percent guarantee within eighteen to twenty four months you're gonna have an unexpected expense that you cannot cover with cash because over fifty percent of Americans cannot cover a thousand dollar expense with cash. So that's how they're gonna end up on a credit card. So then what do you do? So part of where we've been innovating is making sure that savings behaviors are hardwired in those moments when we're helping individuals uh, get access to affordable, responsible credit. That, that, that's, that's been a huge, huge innovation. The other piece is to realize that financial health is a core part of the social determinants of health and that there's a lot that we can do there. So when we look at social determinants of health, we're looking at things like housing and transportation, and food security. So what we can see in our data and and, and begin to predict uh, risk in workforce populations is on a transaction level basis, we can see things like, wow, this part of the population not using a a driver share program like an Uber or Lyft ever, and now they're using it 10 times a week in the morning and the evening coming and going to work. So there maybe is a transportation issue. That's kind of an example. Or we, we we can see those kinds of insecurities in the data. Now, we're very early in, in sort of understanding how to use that data in, in a way that, that really becomes an advocate for the worker to ensure that they have access to the resources that they can get. As, as soon as possible, so it's useful for them. Yeah, I know. When when I talk to healthcare leaders on the podcast, you know, social determinants of health, <laughs> the data is incredible. Usually, you can de- you can uh, determine based on one's zip code uh, where they're at, and you know, the type of healthcare that they're receiving and the type of um, income they have. So that's a great point, Charles. And uh, you know, just to continue on with with FinFit, and uh, I know you mentioned really awesome things like coaching and some of the other tools that you have beyond financial tools and resources you know how what is the approach and the mindset and the habits that are driving financial decisions these days and how do you get to stability i think we're very early in the research of fully understanding that question it's a terrific question which is what part of the bottom two-thirds of the workforce, I'll just use this as an example, 401ks in this country are are provided to roughly two-thirds of the workforce, only half actually participate. What's happening with the other half? Why why are the other half not participating in 401k, especially when when there's a match being made Mm -hmm. available? So, I mean, it's basically 
they're not taking free money basically. Yeah. So I fully believe in some of the research that we're working on right now is looking at from a bottom two thirds of the workforce, from a financial health perspective, there's a lot going on. There's mental health issues. There are issues with addiction. There, there's issues with trauma. There, there are a lot of layers, you know, the social determinants of health. So you have insecurities and things like housing and, and food. There, there's, there's nutrition as a part of this. So all of these things sort of culminate to create these, you, you know, a fight or flight mode. So if, if I'm in fight or flight, I'm trying to make the decisions on what I'm going to do with my money at the end of the month when I'm, you know, I'm in open enrollment for my 401k and I'm in fight or flight. I might think, boy, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to afford 50 bucks when, uh, let's say, August comes around and I, I know I, I need to buy my kids uh, school supplies, things like that. So we, we were really at the edge of being able to fully understand what, what a lot of these behavioral and cognitive dynamics are that are driving these decision makings. And I think we'll make a lot of headway there over the next three to five years. And that is a great segue, Charles, into probably one last question I have for you. And uh, you know, I just want to say thanks for joining us. And it's it's uh, it's great to have someone like you in this in this industry in this space in HR and benefits to to talk about financial wellness because I, this is one of those topics that could be talked about for employers to, in large organizations to the employees themselves and and how to be more financially well off. So we like to end the podcast usually with a, some words of wisdom or looking ahead to the future. And uh, this is a very interesting space, you know, because I'm not sure if this was really available 10, 15, 20 years ago. And because it's relatively new and it's it's transforming the, in, the industry and the workplace, and it's helping employers retain and not only retain talent, but attract talent and gaining that top talent and making sure your employees are healthy and more productive. So where do you foresee the financial wellness industry evolving in the coming years? And of course, Fitfit being a company founded in 2008, so it's it's nowhere near a startup anymore. You know, how is Fitfit gearing up to be at the forefront of this revolution? I think the greatest opportunity is to look at how Two major ecosystems can come together and, and, and begin solving really uh, significant problems that serve both of them equally well. And that, that's healthcare and financial services. They, they have historically played in their own sandbox for, for all obvious reasons, for privacy reasons. We're going to have to find ways of using technologies like blockchain to be able to begin to look at data, be able to really fully understand uh, from a cognitive and a behavioral standpoint, why the bottom two-thirds of the workforce have been sort of institutionalized and sort of locked into a behavior set that that is that's preventing savings and long-term resiliency for that part of the workforce. Like, like I said earlier, that you, you know that there's a critical part of the workforce that that is it, that suffers from not having a living wage. And, and, and that is a challenge that needs to be addressed, probably beyond the purview of, of FinFit, but where I, I feel like we can be leaders and, and are, are fully embracing really wonderful partners today are, are across both the healthcare and the financial services industry to look at data, 
to fully understand how we can support and not only predict behaviors, but intervene in the most appropriate way to help support someone's financial health. If you support somebody's financial health and get an individual paying themselves first at, at, at the beginning of the month, all of a sudden we know that there are a whole host of positive finance uh, health health behaviors and, and health outcomes that, that go along with that. So uh, the very exciting time and and, and we're, we're excited to be um, uh, one of the leaders in the space that are that are taking the charge here. And I can tell it's uh, it's great to have a conversation with you, Charles, and about uh, this financial wellness and uh, why it's so pivotal to today's workforce. So I want to thank you for joining the the podcast. I want to thank our listeners, specifically those in in the human resources and our and our benefits leadership space. We do have a, an assembly coming up, which is great. It's at the Palmer House in Chicago, on November eighth and 9th. And of course, you can always look to uh, the uh, mail slash assemblies for our full lineup of HR and benefits assemblies. Charles Latimer, Chief Innovation and Growth Officer at FinFit. Thank you so much for taking the time out to join the Millennium Live podcast. Thank you so much for hosting.